0: Welcome back to Rough in the Basket, the podcast that actually follows uh, concussion protocol. Uh, starring <laughs> uh, your host, Noah Burnt, and your co-host, Brandon Carr. Carr, how are you doing today?
1: Doing all right. Have you ever had a concussion before, out of curiosity?
0: Probably twice, to be honest. Wow. There was two times where I'm almost positive I had a con- Well, for one of them, I know for a fact I had a concussion. Real quick, before we get into the sports stuff, you know, you can skip ahead if you're not interested in this. But there was one time where I got back from Disney World. I was, true story. I was 10 years old. I was playing basketball with my friend, like, almost immediately after getting back, like, the day of. Uh, they picked us up from the airport, him and his mom. And we uh, we went over to their house, me and my mom. And I'm playing basketball. And we lower the hoop so I can, like, dunk on it. And I'm like, hey, mom, check this out. I'm trying to be all cool. I, like, I dunk it. And I slip back because it's, like, super slippery. Oh. I slip back. And I hit my head on the ground. And I was – dude, I forgot I went to Disney World for a solid hour. I'm not even playing.
1: That's yeah. crazy.
0: It was scary. And, like, I kept yeah. thinking that I was, like, in a hospital or something. And my mom was like, you never went to a hospital. And I'm like I, – "I, dude, I, I'm telling you, I feel like I can actually relate to what two is going through to an, yeah. a certain degree because I 100% had a concussion. Like, there's no way I did not. But, uh, dude, this whole situation with two, honestly, it infuriates me. I, I'm pissed off about it. Because, you know, Tua is a player that has shown that he has some kind of promise and some talent If you put the right pieces around him. They can win and they don't protect him. They they lie. I mean, honestly, I don't understand how they can say that this is a back injury and that there was not even a slight remote chance on that Sunday that he did not have a head injury. How is that possible? Dude, the guy like took three steps and then fell over. Like, like, he looked like he was walking on air or something. I don't know, man. It's just It blows my mind just how inept some of these trainers are. Like, I don't have a trainer background. I have no idea what they got to go through in school to get there. But I just don't understand how you can clear a guy like that, man. It's just ridiculous. And then, obviously, Thursday night, four days later, the guy has a freak concussion. Thankfully, he's out of the hospital. He's doing better. Mm-hmm. But th- this could have been, like, 100 times worse.
1: Uh, I mean, if you have a concussion within – you have two concussions within four days, you can die from that. Like it's, yeah. it's life threatening. So this was my reaction kind of to this whole situation was look. I mean, Tua shouldn't have never played Thursday night. And I think, I think from what you've seen from the eye test through that Sunday game, after taking that hit and just kind of how he got up, he was shaking his head and then he kind of fell back down. Like it, it's, it's concussion symptoms, right? So I understand, like the NFL, you know, they have their concussion protocol, which they've since updated since the situation has happened, obviously. But I mean, the protocol needed to be, the concussion protocol just needed to be changed overall. I think it had been like 10 years since it's been updated. And I mean, this should have been, this should have been updated before this situation even happened. This had, this, this situation should have not prompted the NFL to make these changes. These changes should have already been made. Because, I mean, the NFL, their whole thing is really trying to make, you know, the play, get player safety, making the game safe. And you see a situation like this with Tua, it's just, it's a really bad look for the NFL, bad look for the Miami Dolphins. Um, since then, the neuro, the independent neuroscientist has been fired, who were neurologists that was looking at Tua. So, I mean, at least something's being done there. But, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people who – are are, you know in blame for this whole situation there should be more people that are gonna probably end up getting fired and it's just a shame because I mean the guy although maybe he wasn't showing concussion symptoms after that he passed the NFL's protocol there still should have been you know common sense where he still showed a concussion symptom when he was on the field like we should not put him back in the game and he should be out for a certain amount of time just a scary situation I mean like not even not to go into like super detail about it but I mean his his fingers were like I mean I'm sure you've seen the picture I'm sure if everybody knows what I'm talking about if you have seen it like his fingers were in a position where like he was having like a stroke on the field I forget what it's called it's a specific medical term when that happens but I mean I was watching the game and I was like this is I was really scared like I was worried that you know to a to career could have ended you know and I, it was just something that's, you know, bigger than football and it's somebody's livelihood that we're talking about here. And he was just not put in the best situation. And to all the people who are saying, oh, this tour deserves some blame for this, too, because he wanted to go back out there. Like, that's completely wrong. And, you know, I'm I think every NFL player like would want to go out there and play the game that they love. Like, that's just kind of like, you know, the drive and passion and the dog that you have in you to be able to want to continue to play the game like I wouldn't blame two at all for this and it's just really bad on the NFL and just kind of how they've handled this this whole situation and kind of how their concussion protocol uh, system had been pretty much flawed for a long time and it sucks that this had to happen and you know it sucks that they haven't really been able to make a lot of changes prior to this but this is an awful situation and you know it's it sucks to see Chris Nowinski shout out to him uh he is someone who was tweeting a lot in this game uh he said before the game that Tua should have never gone in there he's someone who's been very adamant about the NFL and their concussion protocols and you know concussion safety he's a big um driving force in being able to you know in terms of like CTE studies and all those types of things so he really shed some light on it. And it's, it's awful. It's, it's an awful situation and I'm happy that Tua is okay from what we've heard. And I mean, this could have been a lot worse, like you said, a hundred times worse. It could have, Tua could be, could have been dead, like seriously. So uh, it's a scary situation and hopefully now the NFL has changed their concussion protocols. Something like this won't happen ever again, because I mean, we're talking about somebody's life that could have been taken away from him right here.
0: Yeah, man, honestly, I don't think he should play next week or the week after or the week after. I he's mean, already, I think he
1: should be out at least three weeks. Yeah, he's already ruled out for the Jets game. Um, I, I mean, I from him, from the team at this point, like let him sit as much as they need him to. They have Teddy Bridgewater. Like he's a serviceable quarterback. It's not like they're in a situation where they're like completely in panic. that like, They should, you know, think about to his health first and let him sit as long as he – needs to in order to be able to recover and yeah I I mean that's all you can really do at this point yeah the Tua
0: situation is terrifying again I mean it, it does show how far the NFL has come though with at least doing something because I mean in the past this would have been like oh okay he got hit in the head so like big deal you know but now it's like you know national headline news making like the actual news you know not just sports news but like headlines around around the world just how serious like concussions are so I mean it shows the NFL is finally taking this seriously and is trying to do more but I mean they gotta do better this this was terrible and this should not have happened
1: yeah and it's just common sense man like there's a lot of people that can be blamed for this like I would even say Mike McDaniel deserves some blame in the coaching staff from coming to the decision even if he passed all these concussion protocols to let him play in the game. Like there's a lot of people that, you know, I think have go into this situation that should be blamed. And it was just a complete, a complete utter disaster. And it's just really shameful to think like this guy's career could have been ended on that play because he played in an NFL game when he clearly was showing concussion symptoms the Sunday before, and he played another game four days later, like, that's just awful you know definitely man and um you know moving on
0: it's kind of funny I'm looking at the notes that you sent me about the show today and I just see Baker Mayfield is horrible as <laughs> one of the notes, Dude,
1: he is it's, terrible man I, I don't
0: even know if that needs any elaboration I mean it's pretty self-explanatory if you just look at his stats and look at what he's done with the Panthers I mean it's not good and Matt rule. He's going to lose his job at the end of the year. I mean, there's no saving the Panthers. Like it's so sad to me that they're wasting Christian McCaffrey's prime and they're wasting it, you know? And, and yeah, he's had issues with health over the last few years, but you would think Baker Mayfield would have been an upgrade. And I mean, considering they had, you know, look at their back of Sam Darnold. Um, I mean, he's an upgrade, but it's just sad, man. This whole situation with the Panthers is just pathetic. Um, it's unfortunate to see what has happened over the last few years with the Panthers. And I don't know if it's going to get any better anytime soon. I mean, hopefully they get somebody in 2023 because they're garbage.
1: What <laughs> no more is there to say. Yeah, dude, in terms of like all of the advanced statistics, like Baker Mayfield is 32nd in the NFL and EPA. Like there, he is been, he's been really bad this season. And, I mean, I think me and you had both thought, like, we're not, we've, we've criticized Baker Mayfield a lot on this podcast, but I think me and you kind of both thought, like, he would be an upgrade over Sam Darnold, but, like, he's playing, like, just as bad as he, as Sam Darnold was playing last season, like, it, it's really just a shame, and, you know, hopefully that he can turn it around and, and find his way, but, I mean, if this continues, I mean, this is, Probably the end of the road in terms of Baker Mayfield having another chance of being a starting quarterback because it's horrible. Like I'm looking at the stats right now. Like he's 32nd in the NFL and EPA. I mean, there's Justin Fields ahead of him. There's Mr. Bisky ahead of him. Joe Flacco's ahead of him. Daniel Jones is ahead of him. I mean, you can think of like literally any other quarterback you can think of is ahead of Baker Mayfield right now. And I mean, that's just it's it's awful. And you know, you hope that he can turn things around, but it just seems like the Panthers, like we've talked about, have not found that quarterback. And it's, it just seems like that wh- whoever they get is, is really failed. And yeah, I think Matt Roll, he's going to probably be the first name that gets fired. I think he's due for it. And look to me, the Panthers defense is pretty good. Like they had JC Horn, who's, he's playing at an unbelievable level right now. You have Brian Burns there. You have Frankie Wuvu who's been really underrated this season, but I mean, this quarterback situation is really bad. I don't know if you had seen DJ Moore's, like, interview he did with the media in his locker room, but, like, (laughs) he was, like, trying to not, like, say, like, that his situation with the quarterbacks was not great. Like, he just looked like that he – I mean, I mean, he's a great receiver and he's not getting the ball. And, you know, it's – I think it's just a factor of, you know, Baker Mayfield, um, you know, Bob McAdoo or Ben McAdoo, whoever I forget the guy's first name, I think it's Ben McAdoo, former Giants uh, head coach, is the offensive coordinator, and he's you know it's just a really bad situation overall for you know the Panthers, and I think they're going to be at a point next year where they're looking for a quarterback. It's probably going to be in the draft. They finally draft one. They've had Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, they've I mean Matt Corral, your guy, he unfortunately got injured. Like I don't know. If he's going to be, you know, their starting quarterback moving forward, probably not. I think they'll probably invest in a quarterback with that, if they get like a top five pick if Bryce Aaron CJ Stroud is available, I think they'll probably pull the trigger and make that happen. But yeah, I mean, this Panthers team's pretty talented. This quarterback is just not good. And when you have a quarterback who is dead last in the NFL and EPA per play and, You know, all these advanced statistics, He, it's not good. So it's Baker Mayfield has just not been a good quarterback this season.
0: Yeah, that kind of sums it up. And one of the guys that you mentioned who's actually statistically doing better than him this year is Mitch Trubinsky, who has just lost his job. Uh, And, I mean, I can't really say it's that much of a surprise because obviously when there's a guy drafted in the first round, And there's a veteran that's ahead of them in the depth chart. I mean, it's only so long until that first rounder gets a chance to start. I mean, we've seen this year in and year out. Um, Very interesting draft class this year with quarterbacks or maybe a lack of interest, uh, to be honest, from a lot of fans because there's really nobody that noteworthy. I mean, uh, Bailey Zabby actually had a pretty good game. um, Yeah. That's something (laughs) else to talk about. But um, that's, that's something for another time because Kenny Pickett, had probably one of the most statistically interesting debuts I've seen in my life. Nine Mm -hmm. for 12, pretty accurate, right? Three interceptions His three incompletions were interceptions, but he did have two rushing touchdowns. So it's, it's very um, up in the air and I'll give him credit on one of the interceptions. I mean, look, it was a hail Mary to end the game. I mean, like there really wasn't, you you know, you don't really care about stats at that point. Yeah. Um, But I think, you know, I, I don't know. I Like, their offense looked a little bit more um, driven under Kenny Pickett. I will yeah. say that, despite the interceptions. And I think that he has a chance to, to learn. um I definitely think Pittsburgh Steelers give him the best overall situation, um, given they have an established running back with Najee Harris. Uh, and then they also have some good wide receivers in there. They have um, George uh, Pickens, not Pickett, but Pickens. Pickens, yeah. Uh, yes, they have uh Claypool. Um, they got some solid guys in there. There's probably a bunch of guys I'm forgetting too. So with that being said, I feel like going to a Steelers where they have the the culture, the winning culture, the winning mindset. Mike Tomlin has never finished under 500 in his career. Uh, and this is, I mean, considering one time he had a guy named Devin Hodges who was an undrafted quarterback, as his starting quarterback. And, Hodges. Mason Rudolph wow. and Mason Rudolph for like yeah. basically the entire season. Those were his two options and they still finished eight and eight that's very, very impressive to say the yeah. least. Um, so look, I, I don't, I don't love Kenny Pickett necessarily, but I think that the Steelers give him the best opportunity to win. What are your thoughts on him just off this debut and what you're expecting from him going forward?
1: Yeah. I mean, not the most, not the best statistical performance, obviously one of the interceptions is a Hail Mary. Um, the other uh, one, another interception that I do remember was I feel like it was a little bit on chase Claypool, not being able to high point the ball, but, I thought the Steelers, like their offense showed some new life with Kenny Pickett. Like he was moving the ball down the field relatively well. He had a great throw to George Pickens near the sideline. Pickens really started to like kind of ball out with Kenny Pickett when, you know, he stepped into the game. So it seems like there's like a connection there between the two rookies. We'll see if that can continue. But yeah, I mean, Kenny Pickett, like he's someone who I didn't really rate very highly coming out of the draft. I wasn't a huge Kenny Pickett guy, but. I mean, he's certainly in a situation where the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive lines actually been better this year than than people anticipated. And then you have those three receivers that all can contribute with Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, you know, he had a pretty good game as well. And obviously got Najee Harris back there. So you have, you got the weapons, you have a decent offensive line. And I think it's a pretty good situation for Kenny Pickett, who also was playing behind a pretty good defense as well in Pittsburgh. So Yeah, I mean, this performance was interesting. I mean, two rushing touchdowns, no passing touchdowns, three interceptions, and had a pretty high completion percentage with pretty good yards per attempt, too. He had 9.2 yards per attempt, so that's not bad at all. It was interesting. It was an interesting performance for Kenny Pickett. I think moving forward, he's got the Buffalo Bills this week, so that's going to be a tough matchup for him, but... I think him I think I would have I would honestly taken Pickett over Mitch Trubisky at the start of the season, in my opinion. But I think with Pickett, he's you know, he's been he looked really good in this game. I think he's better, I think a better quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers than Mitch Trubisky was. I think Mitch Trubisky kind of saw it like you know the offense was kind of really falling flat with him. I think Kenny Pickett will be fine. He's someone who you know he'll get the ball out pretty quick. And he I think he makes some of the right reads, and I think he'll be fine for this team. So, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see how this kind of progresses. Got again, they got the Bills this week. It's a tough matchup, but I didn't think Kenny Pickett looked all that bad, and I think that's pretty good considering you know the Jets. Jets defense has been a little bit better of a season, but you know it's he's gonna have a real test this week, and it's not the best situation for a rookie quarterback to be going into. But he definitely showed that he has a little bit, you know, of of good, you know, intangibles, good awareness, and maybe not the best arm strength. I think we all knew that, but I think he's, you know, I think he reads the field pretty well and, you know, has some anticipatory throws. And I think he's not, I think he's going to probably do pretty well for the Steelers this season.
0: Yeah. I mean, it really goes to show also just how NFL coaches, you really can't take anything of what they say as fact, because Mike Tallman was like, guys, I'm telling you, I'm being serious. Like, Kenny Pickett is not seeing the field right now. This is Mitch Trubinsky's team. And then, like, literally the next game he's benched. But Literally you know, in the middle that, of the that, game. Hey, that's what happens in the NFL. I mean, Mitch Trubinsky isn't getting paid $30 million. Like, you're not – you know, when you're on a, a little leash, you're known for having, you know, some good games, some bad games, being a decent quarterback, but not being anything special and you have a first-round pick that's waiting behind you for his time to shine. I mean, it, it's just the way the, the cookie crumbles, you know, just the way things go in the
1: NFL. Yeah that's true and yeah I think there'll be some better performances for Kenny Pickett ahead and yeah I just think we'll see I mean again I wasn't the biggest Kenny Pickett guy coming out of uh, Pitt but I thought that he could you know he, he'll he have a role in the NFL and I think if he's going to continue to perform like this I think that's a pretty good sign that he'll be relatively solid um, you know it's still a long ways to go it's only his first game you know Bigger sample size is probably needed to really make a true determination of how he'll play. But I thought he looked relatively fine in this game. Like, I truthfully mean that he he did look pretty solid.
0: Yeah, you know, I think Bigot really reminds me a little bit in a certain way of Tua Tav- Tagalog, do whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> yeah, we'll just we gotta call him Tua. I don't call him Tua, bro. It. His last name is like 30 letters. Like bro, I, I don't have time look. for that. Dude, his last net letter, his last name has more letters than I think the English language actually has in the entire language. I'm not even playing uh, like, Matt, we, we Matt Cunha.
1: He's gonna probably listen to this and be like, what the hell, man?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, right. he, he can't control that. So it's all right. But <laughs> what I mean by that is I think Tua the first few years we saw he wasn't like the best quarterback. He wasn't the worst quarterback. He was just somewhere in the middle, like maybe like 15 to you know 21 range or probably like 18 to you know 23 you know but like they were Mm -hmm. they were good enough to at least get by and and at least win some games with Tua as a starter and I feel like that's a similar thing that could happen with uh, Kenny Pickett for the first few years of his career and then we're really gonna see what happens over time but I don't think it's gonna be an immediate success where he just you know overnight um, a switch goes off and he's he's dropping I don't know like 30 touchdowns and three interceptions in a season or something. no he
1: won't be doing that I, I don't see that Um, I just I don't see a high ceiling with Kenny Pickett but I think his floor could be relatively safe like I don't think he'll like flame out and like be gone from the NFL like I think he'll like if he doesn't end up like living to his full potential he could be like a backup quarterback too throughout his time in the NFL like I do think he has like you know I think good like quarterback like knowledge in terms of like you know where the ball needs to go and kind of like his you know like touch throws or anticipatory throws and kind of being able to take what the defense gives you like you know stuff like that I think he's pretty pretty good at and you know in college he showed the ability to to be able to extend the play when he had to as well
0: yeah I think right now this episode is like kind of becoming the the episode of roughing the basket talking about like just very decent quarterbacks, like decent guys. Like Mitch Strabinski, we brought up. We brought up Kenny Pickett. Uh, we brought up Tua. I mean, look, we, we could bring up Geno Smith. The guy looked like a Hall of Famer against my Detroit Lions. Oh, dude, we can talk about that. man. Just a quick 30 seconds going off about this game. We can move on to something more important. But, dude, as a Lions fan – I, when I saw the score and when I was like just checking my phone constantly, I was screaming because I was like, dude, this offense is so freaking good. They're good for once, bro. Jared Goff is leading the damn league in touchdowns right now. Jared Goff is leading the league in touchdowns right now. Their defense can't do anything, bro. Their defense is so leaky. I think they've given up 35 points or more every game besides one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Their defense yeah. is terrible. Probably the worst defense I've seen in my life. You gave up 48 points to Geno freaking Smith. (laughs) What the heck? Bro, this guy threw 13 touchdowns and like 25 interceptions in the rookie season. And and now he's out here, you know, forgotten about him for, for eight years, whatever. We forgot he existed. And now he's somehow the quarterback. And he, he had the game of his life against the Detroit Lions, man, dude. It was so frustrating, so frustrating. Anyways, let's you move know. on. It, it, nobody cares about the Detroit Lions. Let, I do have
1: on. I do have one thing. That, I have a couple things right. about that. First of all, the Lions are first in scoring in terms of offense and last in the NFL in scoring defense. Like, legitimately, dude, this, great offense, bad defense. It's crazy, like,
0: bro. It's crazy. You
1: know, I remember I've been waiting
0: for so long to, for the Lions to have a good offense. I thought this would be years until this happens by the way after Matthew Stafford left finally their offense is good they're yeah. they're playing good offense without Swift they didn't have Swift last game and on wrong play either Yeah exactly they had like nobody mm-hmm. and they still went off TJ Hawkins in game of his life yep. and it doesn't even matter Goff is matter. leading the league in touchdowns and it doesn't even matter this is just it's crazy man they need to get somebody in there that that knows what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball because, look, I love Dan Campbell. I think he's a great guy. I think he he should be the head coach there, but they need to get a defensive coordinator that knows what they're doing. His Dan Campbell has shown he is offensive minded. He's tough. He makes you think that he might know what he's doing on defense. He doesn't. He's a good offensive coordinator. He's He's a good motivational head coach, but they need to get somebody in there who knows what they're doing on defense because they have the yeah. talent. They have some talent on defense. They have the the second overall pick in this draft, Aiden Hutchinson, three sacks in the first uh, first half of the game a few weeks ago. He has talent. He's shown it. Um, Okuda is finally starting to shut down wide receivers. He's shown he has the talent. Yep. They have guys on their, their defense. They just need a few more guys, and they need a defensive-minded uh, coach or, or somebody yep. in there that knows what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I mean – yeah. I mean, I think that's all it is. Like the, the offense is really gelling and I think, you know, in terms of the defense, like you just need to have to, you need to have more talent on the defense, like Okuda and Hutchinson are good, but you know, I think overall, like still, there still needs to be more pieces that are added, but I mean, shout out to Geno Smith, dude, like he's actually like having a really good season. He's fifth in the NFL and EPA per play for quarterback. So like, he's ahead of a lot of guys. He's been really good. I know he's played the Falcons and the Lions defense the last two weeks, but like some of the throws he's making, like he's actually like looks really good this season. So I got to tip my cap to Geno Smith. I think like we talked about in the off season, like the Seahawks have like the worst quarterback situation in the week. And Geno Smith is just completely, you know, just out out outplaying his expectations by a mile. So shout out to the Seahawks just for, you know, being able to, Wake Geno Smith look really good. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, shout out to them, man. Honestly, Geno Smith is having a good year so far. Again, I do question the sustainability because this time last year we were talking about Sam Darnold like he was the next Aaron Rodgers or something. So, again, it is yeah. very early in the season, and his competition has been awful on the defensive side of the ball for the most part. So we'll see. In another five weeks, my bet is he's probably not going to be like – Within this top five, whatever that style No, was no, he of. probably
1: won't be. No, I don't see it. But I mean, but shout out to him in general just for being able to, to do what he's doing.
0: Moving on to another, um, another very, uh, interesting quarterback here. Um, oh, yeah. you know, Cooper Rush. Another, I'm telling you, all these irrelevant quarterbacks that we've never thought about for years that we're bringing up on this podcast today. Who would have thought? Um, Cooper Rush looks pretty good I, like look I'll just get to the, the the core the meat and the potatoes of the situation I constantly am hearing even Dallas fans say that we want Cooper Rush over Dak Prescott because of the contract and I just want to say again through three games last year Sam Darnold was looking like an MVP candidate so let's let's calm down I think Cooper Rush is a, a good quarterback I, I don't Good is just so vague in the NFL because what even is good? You could say Ryan Tannehill is good. You could say Geno Smith is good. You could say a lot of guys is good. So I guess it's hard to find that word. Um, But he's he's shown, like, obviously he doesn't make stupid mistakes. He doesn't turn over the ball a ton. He's able to do enough and game manage enough and hand the ball off without fumbling and do enough to win games. But let's be real here for a second. Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Cooper Rush. I mean, mean, you you think so, so, right?
1: I mean, that should be without question. Come on. All
0: right. Man. All right. Glad we're on the same page with that one. Yeah.
1: That's ridiculous. Like, all right. Cooper, Cooper, Russia, listen, three, you know, like his first three starts this season, he's beaten, what's he beaten? He's beaten the Bengals, he's beaten the Commanders, and he beat the, what team did he beat last week? The Giants. So, you know, some pretty decent teams in there. He's got the Rams, I believe, this week. So that's going to be a pretty decent test for him again. But, yeah I mean look he's he's done a good enough job and I thought I think me and you both thought like the Cowboys were really going to be in a really bad situation after Dak Prescott went down and but Cooper Rush has really proved me wrong he's proved you wrong he's proved a lot of people wrong and being able to just be serviceable enough and play some pretty good football throughout his first three games this season so maybe this means the Cowboys don't need to necessarily rush Dak Prescott back into playing. I mean, I would say if this continues for Cooper cup, like I mean, the Cooper cup, Cooper rush. I, I mean, I still think I would probably put Dak Prescott back in the game, back in the starting position. It's a tough position to obviously be in, but like Dak Prescott is a way better quarterback. I have him, you know, either a top 10 quarterback or right outside the top 10. He's kind of where that's kind of where Dak Prescott is, but I mean, I mean, I can't can't take away anything from Cooper Rush. I mean, he's been you know really good this season. And, you know, I think he's really put the Cowboys in a situation where not a lot of people would have thought that he would that they would be in right now. And that's 3-0 and with Cooper Rush and being 3-1 and having a chance to, you know, potentially make a playoff push and maybe make the playoffs. And it's just really it's really crazy just kind of see that. And we've seen it before with some guys, like you know, like Gardner Minshew came in for the Jaguars. You're a big Gardner Minshew guy, and he ended up having a pretty good season once Nick Foles went down. And you know, we've seen stuff like this before. We've seen these type of stories before. We've seen Nick Mullins do it at, t- at times with the 49ers. Like there's always that quarterback that kind of like comes in and just exceeds expectations. And they last in the NFL for a long time. So maybe Cooper Rush just earned himself you know, a contract to be a backup quarterback somewhere. Maybe a team gets gives them a chance to start. Um, but, yeah, I mean, shout out to him just, just being able to keep the D- Cow- Dallas Cowboys afloat. Like, that's that's a lot of pressure for a quarterback to come in with, like, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. You know, we've talked about it before, America's team. Like, they, there's a lot of pressure when it comes to those fans wanting their team to be successful. And he's done a pretty good job. So, I mean, you got to give him credit there at least.
0: Yeah. I love that in the NFL this season, there is so many second chance stories, really. Like we talked about Geno Smith, uh, Cooper Rush. I mean, Marcus Mariota is another guy. There's, there's so many guys this season who have had second chances and and who've shown like they're capable quarterbacks. Uh, They might not be MVPs. They might not be uh, getting elected to the pro bowl, but they're decent quarterbacks, you know, and that's, that's something that makes the NFL amazing. And that's, That's another reason to love the NFL, in my opinion. So in other news, I don't know if you recognize this, Brandon, but there is only one team left in the NFL that is undefeated right now, and that is the Eagles. And we talked about the Eagles before the season, and we said that we thought they were – both of us said that we thought they were going to win the division outright. Um, Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on the Eagles so far? I mean, do you really think, like, they've almost exceeded your already high expectations?
1: Man, I think I had the Eagles going, it was 11 and six. So I think at this point, I think they definitely have exceeded my expectations. I think they're going to finish with a higher record than 11 and six this season. Like they legitimately could finish with the best record in the NFC this season. Like their schedule isn't even like crazy hard, too. Like I'm pretty sure this week they play the Cardinals. um Obviously, you play the Commanders, you play the Giants, you know, you'll play the Cowboys if it's Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott. Like, you know, there's – you have some easy matchups f- for the Eagles. And, like, they have all the makings right now to be the best team in the, in the NFC. And maybe they finish with the best record in the NFL. Like, it's certainly possible that could happen with their schedule and how they've been playing as of late. Like, they really could do that. And, look, it's – you know, they, they made a lot of additions in the offseason. Those guys are already paying off. The guys in the draft – You know, Hassan Reddick, he had the game-winning strip sack on Trevor Lawrence this past Sunday. He's been making an impact. You think about A.J. Brown, who they traded for. He's making a huge impact on that team. Like, they really are so good. Like, Jalen Hurts has taken another step forward, which which was a huge thing. And he's been able to really do that. And this team could be – I mean, this team is really good. Like, they have – they have the best offensive line in the NFL but they have a quarterback who's taken a step forward they have one of the best receivers in the NFL they have a really good number two receiver Devonta Smith who last week had like 150 yards receiving like they have a, a solid running game Miles Sanders is like third or fourth in the NFL in rushing yards right now it's crazy they're they're really good um their defense is really good too like they have Darius Slay he's been having a great season and James Bradbury's been having a pretty solid season too and they just have a total like overall team they have maybe one of the best in the NFL they really do and this team like if they can make it to the you know if they're the number one seed in the in the NFC and they'll have to probably go up against like an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady which is tough but I mean they have in terms of, like, top-to-bottom team-wise on paper, their team is really good right now. There's not too many holes, and this is a team that I would be pretty worried about going up against, and if Jalen Hurts can continue his play, like, this team could, I mean, they have a really high ceiling with what they have added this offseason, and, yeah, I mean, Nick Sirianni's also done a really good job, too, so, I mean, this team is Really going into the right direction, and you have the schedule that could really back that up too. With their with how they'll finish in the NFC, and yeah, they're they're a really good team. I I, I don't think this is a fluke.
0: I'm not gonna say it's a fluke, I, like I said, I think they're gonna win the division, but I do question you know, come the later days of the season when it's playoff, do or die, I question how is Jalen Hart's gonna respond because. Even though he's improved as a passer, I still see moments where Jalen Hurts has a guy that's fairly open and he just decides to run instead oh, of. Yeah, that happens a lot too. So I and, see. And it. He, ha- he has, he has gone better with that. I have seen mm-hmm. him improve with that this, you know, this season so far. Um, but I will say that that's still a flaw that I've noticed at least from him. Um, and, I do think that that may cost them come playoff time. I don't think that they're going to get very far in the playoffs. I think that they're going to be very good in the regular season, but I do also think that there's going to come a point in the regular season where they do have a few consecutive losses and there is like the, you know, the narrative, like, oh, they really like, a, you know, playoff uh, team or playoff ready mm-hmm. team or whatever you want to say. But again, I mean, I am looking at the schedule and they do have a lot of winnable games like play the Cardinals, you know, play Cowboys uh twice right they haven't played them yet they play no, they haven't played them yet they play the texans um they play the steelers i mean bears. steelers have a rookie quarterback um they play the commanders commanders yep. have carson Wentz, who again it's like a boomer bus type deal with him they um, play the bears in that schedule colts. they play the colts the following the colts, week after that yep. um mm-hmm. then they got packers titans um giants they play them twice they play the Bears one. Yeah, so Bears, a lot of yeah. those games are very doable, very winnable games for the Eagles, in my opinion. Um, Like I said, I think that they're going to be a very good regular season team. I'm going to fall short of saying that they're going to get the number one seed. I think they're going to be the top three seeds, but I don't think they're going to get the number one seed. But I do think that ultimately when push comes to cho- comes to shove and it's playoff time and it's do or die. I do question if they they just have the yeah. experience and chemistry to win those games. Completely
1: fair, too. Like, I mean, if you got to go up against Tom Brady in the playoffs, that is – it's tough. And then, you know, you have Aaron Rodgers. You might have to go up against him in that divisional round, too. So, there's, there's definitely – I don't think the Eagles – they could make the Super Bowl. Like, they have the roster to do it. But I'm not going to be saying that yet until I've seen – them being able to do it in the playoffs which I mean we I mean that's a long time we have to wait but they really do have like a really good team and I think the schedule just really helps them out to being able to be that number one seed in the NFC like they have some pretty I mean you listed off some of the opponents and those are games that should be easy wins for the Eagles so I do think this team will be a really good regular season team and yeah I have the same questions as you are there going to be a team that can show up in the playoffs. We've seen it a lot of times where the these teams in the regular season, you know, finish with the best record, and then they go up, go up against a team that wins the wild card game and they lose. So I, I, could, I could see it happening. Like Jalen Hurts has been in situations before, though, even in college, like with Alabama. He's been in situations where he's been in the college football playoffs. He's played in a national championship game. He's won a national championship game, like, he's been in situations before where like it's high pressure moments, high leverage situations. So, I mean, he, he could definitely perform in that aspect, but you know, the NFL is different and you know, there's going to be teams with more experience that could absolutely knock the Eagles out. Like I could see that happening, but we'll just have to see kind of how everything kind of looks when it comes to playoff time and kind of see if the Eagles can continue this, which I think they can, they can continue this for sure with their schedule.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that schedule really isn't challenging at all. Uh, Going to be fun to see how the rest of the season plays out for them. But, again, it's like they're, they're inexperienced and also just how Jalen Hurts plays, man. I mean, dude, he rushed the ball 16 times for 38 yards. Like, look, I think Gardner mm-hmm. Minshew is, is a very good quarterback. Uh And once he will have the opportunity to start again. It's just a matter of time when he has – and yeah. when and where more than if. Um, mm-hmm. But case being, is the, the way that Jalen Hurts plays – is just, it's dangerous sometimes. And it could, I mean, I could see him getting injured, unfortunately, for a few games. Like, and that's not me trying to jinx him or anything. It's just fact, I mean, 16 times rushing for 38 yards. It's not like this guy was rushing for, you know, 150 yards or something, 38 Mm -hmm. yards. That's two yards to carry, three yards to carry, whatever. So look, good. He's a good player, but he still has some ways to go to hit that next level, in my opinion. But they, they are set for the regular
1: season, though. Yeah, I, I think right now, regular season wise, like this team, it's gonna be very hard for them to not be the number one seed in the NFC. I just just feel like that they really have an easy schedule moving forward. So I mean they've had they have already played the Vikings. Um I'm trying to think of other teams they've already beaten that have like are like, constituted as like pretty hard um games. But like, you know, they like moving forward, just have a pretty easy schedule and I think that's something that's going to really help them out. And, yeah, I mean, that could be an argument that you can use against them. Like, hey, like, they've beaten a lot of cupcake teams, quote, unquote. Can they beat a team like Green Bay? Can they beat a team like Tampa Bay or the Rams, whoever it is that they've versed in the playoffs, you know? So we'll have to just see.
0: Don't forget about the 49ers. The 49ers, Yep, They're a dangerous team come playoff time, and they have the playoff experience, and they have a quarterback now that has literally led them to the Super Bowl before. Yep. And so, they
1: have the best defense in the league right now. So we'll just have to see. Dude, Nick Bosa is crazy. His sack ratio is insane.
0: I looked at it, Good. it's like I don't know the exact stat, but it's like almost record breaking. Like if he keeps his pace up, he, he may break the the record with sacks. Yeah, he's
1: he's a monster. I had him winning defensive player of the year this year. Like I just think he's like last year he was coming off a torn ACL and he had like 15 and a half 16 sacks. He could definitely I don't know what how many sacks he's at now. I believe he's at four or five this Six. season. Six. Holy oh, wow, that's crazy. So, he could I mean, he could be on pace to have like 20. Like I could see it. Like he could absolutely do that. He's that good and the 49ers have been the best defense in the league this year. Like numbers wise, like their passing defense has been the best, their rush defense has been the best. Like they've been a, a force on defense and, you know, Nick Bosa, I think is the best on that defense and he's just an unbelievable player. So he could do it. Definitely, man. But we definitely want to
0: end with the Patriots, you know, obviously got the home fans here, a lot of uh, Patriots fans. Are you, I'm just going to ask you, are you a little bit concerned with the Patriots just after a one and three start? I'll tell you for me, I'm really not at all because I've seen the Patriots start this way before and they recover, but.
1: Yep. So, I mean, kind of a similar situation to the Eagles, like in terms of like their schedule and the Patriots, their schedule coming up. They have the Lions at home, they have the Browns and away game. That could be pretty tough. But then you got the Bears at home, you got the Jets and you got the Colts, and then you got a bye week and then the Jets again. So I think there could be a point where the Patriots, like realistically, there could be a, a, an opportunity for them to win five straight games, they could go four and one in that stretch. Like they I think this is where their schedule really starts to open up. And like, look, I think the Patriots defense has been pretty good this season. Like I I don't think I I would not say the Patriots defense has been the reason that they've been one and three. I think, you know, in terms of their offense, like right now Mac Jones is obviously hurt. You got Brian Horry, who got knocked out of the game with a with a concussion, and you throw in a fourth round rookie and Bailey Zappi, who wasn't awful, but you know, it's a hard situation for him to 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 be put in in Lambeau Field against a good defense, against Aaron Rodgers, and being able to perform at a super high level. So it's a tough situation for him to be in. But like I mean, the Patriots, like I said, with that schedule, they can win those games. I think I think there'll be it'll be a tough game against the Browns. I could see that. I mean, your Lions, their offense is really good right now. Can the Patriots kind of contain them and be able to score some points too? Like the, you know, there's there's questions like that, but I think I'm not completely like writing off the Patriots yet. I think things will improve. I think the Patriots, you know, they're they're trying to find their identity. I think they found it a little bit in the game against the Packers. I think, you know, this is a team that obviously is a good Russian team. I think we saw Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris really. Have pretty solid game games against the Packers that's kind of going to be what they have to lean on and you know you have a receiver that steps up every week like Devontae Parker did it last week against the Ravens and you know at Nelson Aguilar the week before so I think this team you know they're looking for Tyquan Thornton to come back like that's going to be a pretty big ad to their offense if he can live up to expectations and add like a speed element to their team so I, I do think like the Patriots are like relatively in a, a pretty good spot. like I'm not completely worried about them yet. like I'm not gonna hit the panic button. They have a schedule where they should be able to win those games. and I think as long as they do that, then they'll be in a situation where, I don't know, say they're like five and four or six and three or something like heading into their bye week or whatever. like I just think that's a, a pretty good spot for them to be in. and I'm not completely worried about them. I do think that they'll bounce back, they have the schedule, We'll see when Matt Jones comes back. Apparently he was trying to play in this Packers game, but he didn't. Could he come back against the Lions? It's possible. We'll just have to see. But I'm not completely writing off the Patriots just yet. And you shouldn't. You have good reason to not write yeah. them off. Like,
0: you know, a month and a half is going to go by, and I guarantee you they're going to be like six and four or, you know, whatever they More. are after ten weeks. This is how yeah. the Patriots are.
1: And even like last year last year the Patriots I think they had a pretty slow start to the season and then like in the meat of their schedule in the middle of their schedule they just went on an absolute tear like people were like oh the Patriots are back they're gonna make the playoffs and you know they're I think at one point they were like the number one seed in the NF in the AFC like they were playing that good they were if you remember the games where they had like 50 points against the Jets. there was like a 50 point game against the Browns in there they beat Buffalo with the windy conditions like look, the Patriots can get on a type of run like that in midway through the season. And, you know, now we'll look at them at their bye week and they could have a positive record and they could be right in the thick of things right now. So I'm not completely worried about them yet. I had them going nine and eight. I do think that's definitely still possible. After that, after the schedule gets a little bit easier, it'll get a little bit harder. I do think that they play the Vikings. Like that's going to be a pretty tough game. I think they'll end up having to play Buffalo twice, um, December 1st and then this January 8th they play Buffalo then you got the Cardinals and the Raiders and the Bengals and the Dolphins so at the end of the season the, the schedule for the Patriots gets a little bit harder but this is a good opportunity for them to be able to get some wins back and be in a situation where they're like five and three or or whatever five five and four or six and four headed into their bye week or six and three so they're in a pretty good spot. Yeah, definitely not the time to give up with them Patriots. They're going to be back.
0: They're going to be okay. They're dealing with some injuries. They're dealing with some some tough stuff. But, you know, that happens. And they're facing the Lions this week. So it's going to get better for them. It's going to get worse for me, better for them. Uh, If you, if you, you know, see me at the game, uh, if you see somebody that's holding up a sign that says, you know, fire uh, the defensive coordinator, Glenn. <laughs> what's that guy's name? Aaron Glenn, right? Aaron
1: Glenn sounds right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be holding up a
0: sign that says fire Aaron Glenn. (laughs) uh, And I'm going to be wearing a rough-in-the-basket shirt. So uh, look for me. And, uh, you know, tweet at Aaron Glenn. um, Please quit.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. That's that's a good way to end the the show, I think.
1: So are you saying that the Patriots are going to beat the Lions this week? Are you confident?
0: Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a tight game, but I think it's just the Lions are the worst defensive team in NFL history. And, uh, you know, I actually think they're going to be okay on defense this week. I think they're probably going to give up, like, 24 or 27 points, but I just think Patriots defense is really good too. So, yeah. I get, I'm i going to give my my prediction right now. I'm going to say it's going to be 20 – I'm going to go 30, 30, because it's the Lions defense. Okay. Uh, 30 to 20 –
1: 26. I'm to make it interesting. That's not bad. I could see that. I think the Patriots are – I think they'll win this game. And the, I don't know if you knew this, but the Lions have not played a game outdoors this season yet, too. They think they've played all their games indoors. So they played against the Vikings, who are indoors, and I think they've had three home games. So, it's be their first outdoor game. I don't know how much of a factor that will be, but I'm sure maybe it'll be a little bit. They haven't played outdoors yet. But, um, yeah, I think the Patriots will probably end up winning this game. But enjoy that game, Noah. Um it's, <laughs> it's I will first lions game, no, right? No, your no. first one.
0: Yeah, yeah. First Lions game, first Pats game, regular season wow. Pats game. So it'll be a, a good time.
1: Yeah, this is a big moment for Noah. So if you see him at the game, say hi to him. Say you listen to the podcast. We appreciate it. But yeah, I think that's it for this week's episode of Rough in the Basket. We will see you guys next week. But in the meantime, please check out our Twitter at rough the basket you can follow us on instagram at rough in the basket noah has been killing it with the reels he's been adding some new animations to them and making them look a lot cooler so you gotta go check them out uh so follow us on instagram at rough in the basket you can follow me on twitter at bcar underscore 13 and you can follow noah on instagram at and burnt 37 noah have anything this week Aaron glenn you're dead to me <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Glenn. If you see Noah at the game again, he's got the sign that says Fire Eric Glenn. Take a picture with him, and we'll post it on the Instagram. But thank you guys for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Peace.